Hello, and welcome to episode 17 of the Low Key Podcast. Today, we talk to Scott Taylor, the owner of ColourPop, to talk about what ColourPop is, art, and comic book art for all you geeks and nerds out there. So guys, get ready to listen to a fantastic episode. It's nice, it's easy, it's low-key. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Low Key Podcast. I am here with the owner of ColourPop, Scott Taylor. How you doing, man? Doing awesome, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, I'm loving your uh, Doctor Strange shirt right now. It's pretty sweet. Dude, I picked this up at the con, Comic-Con yesterday, and man, I, I love the old, it's got the old art, you know, the original like 60s, very psychedelic art, you know, and I always appreciate the throwbacks of, of those of those kind of that that art style of that that time, you know, and uh, you know obviously I got to rep, you know, Doctor Stephen Strange and the anticipation <laughs> yeah. of the the movie coming out, you know. I, I got two Doctor Strange Funko bobbleheads, you know. I'm, I got to represent the so what is it, Sorcerer Supreme, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's it's gonna be awesome. good. Yeah, you did a couple things this weekend. You went to you went to Comic Con. And then you also did a zombie shoot, correct? Yes. Uh, Yes, we did. Uh, We uh, were tapped. So me and a couple of friends uh, were asked to be zombies in uh, what I understand is a uh, promo uh, shoot for a zombie promo for a zombie comic con. Like that's just focused on horror zombie genre. And, uh, and they got Michael Rooker, who I'm sure most of you know, he was in Walking Dead. He plays mm. Yondu in Guardians of the Galaxy. Nice. My boys ain't never had Terra before. <laughs> That's my Yondu impression. So, uh, and, uh, and so, yeah, so they had him uh, for the shoot, which was really cool. And um, basically the setup was he's in this restaurant you know, downtown with a window, so he's, he's kind of up against the window, and he's, you know, very slowly eating a steak, you know, he's, mm. like, very calm. Meanwhile, supposedly, the zombie apocalypse is going down outside, but Rooker, yeah. of course, being Rooker, he's not sweating it at all, and so he's got all these guns on the table, and uh, and so we're all outside of the window, like, <laughs> like, you know, hitting our, you know, hands against the glass, and he's kind of, like, tipping his wine up to the window, like, taunting us, like, I'm not even worried about it. I'm having a nice Chianti right now. That's awesome. And uh, and so, but what what's crazy is, you know, I I actually, chip. I have a forever uh, memory, a memoir of this uh, shoot because I chipped my tooth. Um, well, that's on awesome. the shoot, yeah, which is kind of crazy. But you know, I'm a, I'm a method. I'm a method guy. You know, I'm like the Jared Leto of zombie films. I feel like you know, <laughs> I, just, I really had to get into the character. You know, so like. When I'm up against a window, like I'm like full tilt, like I'm like licking the glass and I'm like doing, which is probably not very sanitary, but <laughs> you gotta commit, bro. You know what I'm saying? You gotta commit. You gotta. So, so I'm like licking the glass and I'm putting my, but like one of the zombies behind me, you know, because we're all kind of falling all over each other because it's kind of what zombies do. And I got bumped and my face just bam hits the glass in my tooth and I just, I broke off the, like the bottom part of my right front tooth. <laughs> wow. So you can see, if you look, you know, you can see it here. Um, it's not it's not too bad, but I kind of feel it more. But I thought about getting it fixed, but now I, I kind of feel like I have that, you know, Lloyd from Dumb and Dumber vibe going on where it kind of gives me character, you That's know. Awesome. So yeah. I think I'm just going to keep it, you know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, but all in all, it was a fun shoot. I looked pretty undead. You know, the makeup artist managed to, like, somehow make me look harder, harder to look at than I normally am, which was, you know, appreciated. Yeah, so it was fun. It was really fun. It was a good shoot. That does sound fun. Yeah, except the whole chipping the cho- tooth part. That's probably. But I have a story though. Yeah, you have a story. You know, to... Rooker will never forget me. <laughs> I know that guy now. I know that guy. That's the guy that chipped his tooth. He was trying to eat my brains. Hey, <laughs> what's up, guy? Yeah, you will forever be remembered. <laughs> so that Chianti did look good. Yeah. Go ahead. So. <laughs> so you. 
you're the owner of ColourPop. Tell, yes. tell us a little bit about... Owner and dishwasher. Dishwasher. Well, brush washer probably would be more accurate. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm both the top and the bottom dog. That's awesome. That's kind of how the being an owner works. So. Yeah. What What is Color, color, uh, color Pop? Pub. Collar Pop is Collar a Pop. company that we sell co- shirt stays and collar stays. For, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, what is Color Pop? Color Pop, uh, it's actually a uh, art and design company based here out of Tulsa, okay. uh, Oklahoma, where I live. Um, and we're kind of a one-stop shop for art. So basically, whew, we do everything art-related pretty much. Uh, we do murals uh, in mm. any capacity, nurseries, businesses, um, we do uh, chalk art signage, we do logo design, we do a little bit of branding, we do some event services like live art event services like, like for instance we'll go out to a wedding or a special event like a 50th birthday party and we'll actually paint the party live on a canvas in real time. Wow. So we just do all kinds of stuff and also you know we have such an amazing talent pool. I mean I truly am and this is not being you know, I'm not exaggerating when I say that I am the least, by a long shot, talented of all the guys and gals that I have working uh, working with me at ColourPop. Um, very, very honored and privileged to have such a talented team. When the, the cool thing is, is that, you know, if, if we don't do something, like if you're like looking at a website and you're like, oh, well, I see they do this, this, and this, but they don't have this on here, but I, I mean, I, I think they could probably do it. I mean, it seems like they could. We can't. Yeah. I mean, we we really just can because that that creativity and that talent uh, can get focused really in any direction. I mean, if somebody can draw, they can just they can draw, you know. So um, yeah. So so we just have a lot of different variety with the things that we can offer our clients, you know. And so yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's pretty fun. Something new every day, or you know, for the most part. That's cool. What what is um, what made you start getting into um, art? So I had a, okay, so one time I went to the bathroom and I uh, was getting something from the top shelf and so I stood on the toilet and I slipped and I hit my head and I had a vision for something called the flux capacitor. Okay? And that's where it all started. No. Uh, <laughs> a little back to the future right there. <laughs> Bum, bum. Uh, so no, um, I honestly I just discovered probably in, just in even in 2012, not that long ago, that I kind of could draw, like and really not very well. Like truly, didn't know. Never drew, never did art any time in my life. And I basically was working at a coffee shop, and my manager was like, "Hey, can you draw on the daily offerings board?" And I was like, "Sure." He's like, "Just do the the ad or whatever for the week." And I was like, "Can I draw something?" you know, like, kind of just draw whatever I want. He's like, mm-hmm. sure, as long as you do the advertisements. I was like, awesome. So my manager was a huge Transformers fan, as I'm sure everyone who knows what's up is. Yeah. And, uh, except for these recent movies. They're a little weird, mm-hmm. yeah. Michael Bay. Have you seen the last night, sorry, Rabbit Trail, have you seen the <laughs> uh, okay. trailer, I mean, not the trailer, but the promo poster for the last night, Transformers, the last night, K-N-I-G-H-T? Yeah, I, I... He has like I, a sword. I'm like, what is like? Was it on the moon or was that was that was no, that? No, that was a whole. No, that, that was, was a whole another one. No. Yeah, okay. This one looks like it's like I don't know. He's got this huge sword, and I, I think they're trying to make it. I don't know, like some kind of medieval vibe or like, I don't know. It just it just seems such a a weird aesthetic for a Transformers film. Hmm. I almost wish I almost wish they would have gone back to the '80s aesthetic of the Transformers. To where stuff didn't have to make sense. Like, you, you don't have to show all the gears to be like, oh, realistically, like, that's how a Transformer would move. And if it was, like, transforming from a car into a robot, like, we have to see that, you know. Yeah. Back in the day, they didn't care. They just drew with, like, flat panels and, like, wheel-looking things and it just called happened. it good. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Like, I could suspend my disbelief. I think that's why the uh, original, in my opinion, um, the original 90s Ninja Turtle movies were so far superior to... Uh, the new movies is because they didn't care about trying to make them look like actual turtles. They just made them look like the comics. Yeah. You know? Which is like, that's what the fans want, you know? So, anyway, but what were you asking me about? 
I'm totally uh, uh, weak. I like, 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 where? Oh, oh, where, right. Transformers house yeah. on a color bar. Right, right. Black yeah. capacitor. Yes. So, um, so he was a huge Transformers fan. So I was like, oh, I'm going to draw some of the Transformers because he's going to love it. And that yeah. way he'll ask me to keep doing it. And then I can keep drawing on the clock. Pretty much. And so I drew this Optimus Prime. And I looked back at it. I finished it. And I was like, oh. and I just looked up a picture on my phone and just kind of drew it. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And he loved it. And so he asked me to do it again. So I just started drawing the stuff that I like, you know, Batman, Spider-Man, mm-hmm. Family Guy, Boba Fett, just whatever. Boba Fett. Oh. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Where? Where? <laughs> uh, and, uh, and so, and so c- customers were coming in and they were like, oh, this art's pretty good. And then one lady one day, one day was like, um, you should start like a drawing company, like a mural c- company. You should do stuff like this for a living art-wise. And I kind of had this Goldie Wilson from Back to the Future, second Back to the Future reference as a podcast, by the way, where I was like, I was like sweeping, I was like, Mayor, I like the sound of that. You know, it's kind of like, I should start an art company. And, uh, and so I quit and started ColourPop. Like, my manager was like, I'll keep you in the computer. And I was like, thank you. And so I quit the coffee shop and started ColourPop and just kind of winged it from there, you know, but that's kind of why I, how I started and, and, and why I started it in a nutshell was because I really felt like it was something that I didn't see in Tulsa. Kind of, there's a lot of artistic talent in this city. Yeah. You know that. And, uh, but it's all kind of scattered about and you kind of have to know where to look or know the right people. And if you're not in that world, it can be hard for you to know how to get, you know, really high quality, but also, um, commissioned art from local artists you know and a lot of people don't know how to get it they want something cool for their house yeah or whatever but they don't know what to do about it and they think it's probably going to be way out of their price range so they just end up settling for like you know heading to the hobby lobby or something which again isn't isn't bad but it's certainly not custom mm-hmm. you know and uh and there's a million like it you know and so um so i i felt like that was a need in the city that i wanted to fill i wanted to create a landing pad for local artists to be able to do what they do best and create a safe place for clients to commission artists and to get really, really high quality, very professional art um, for their home or business um, in a way that just really took all the risk and the difficulty out of that that process, you know? And so, and then we just kind of grown, our personality has grown since then. We started out just doing really nursery murals and caricatures and now we've grown into doing as I mentioned earlier just so many different things you know um but uh but yeah I just really felt like Tulsa needed that and uh and I kind of you know bet on that horse and it it worked out you know so it's been it's been a fun ride so far that is that's awesome what what makes you passionate about doing art and what 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 kind of makes you passionate about being a small business owner they're kind of one and the same. So what I love about doing art personally is the idea of creating, pretty much creating. I mean, it's, it's fun to have an idea conceptually of where you want to go with something, and then you're putting pen to paper, you know, or whatever your medium is, brush to paper or canvas or whatever, and you're one line at a time, one stroke at a time, mm-hmm. you are bringing into existence what you have conceptualized in your mind, okay? And there's, there's, a, there's a really satisfying feeling, you know? I, I believe that we, I, I believe, you know, that God made us to create and to bring things into existence because that's what he is, you know? Yeah. And so when we are creating and we are doing things, we are, in, I believe, acting out of our kind of our truest core uh, purposes, you know, is, is, is bringing beauty into the world, you know? And, uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, so, and so I just love um, that aspect of drawing, you know? And for the same reason, I love, I love business. I feel like it's a little bit different in, in that I'm not, it's not a brushstroke, it's not a, a pen stroke or a pencil, but like I'm still painting an image. When I'm emailing you, when I'm following up with you on this phone call, when I'm brainstorming uh, brainstorming ideas on what to do with the business, it's like I'm putting down a brushstroke one at a time, boom, 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 and I'm creating, and the painting is a successful company. Yeah. And one brushstroke at a time through 
you know, networking and connecting, going to meetings and handing out cards and just doing all the stuff that an entrepreneur has to do, um, you are painting. You are painting something that you are, you have a conceptualization in your mind of where you want to go hmm. and you're making it happen one, one brush stroke at a time, so to speak. And that and, and it's that same challenge and that same reward, you know. So that's why I, I love business and I just love the strategy of it. You know, it's like a chess game. Yeah. You know, you have to you have to um, stay within the rules. I mean obviously, you know, as an entrepreneur you're like, Okay, I gotta make money. So I have to do something and it's gotta work enough to where somebody wants to pay for it. Um, and you can't print money. You can, but I hear it's frowned upon. <laughs> and uh, and so and so it's like okay, so I have to figure out how do I build and structure my business and my brand reputation in such a way where people trust me enough to give me their very valuable resource of their finances. You know how how do I create um, a a product or service that they view as um, a higher um, there's a higher reward. Right, that they're getting that that that, that beats how much they um, value their money. You know, how much the mon- the monetary value is. It's like, oh, I'll give you this because because I perceive that this to be a, this to be of a greater value. You know, and mm-hmm. so how do you do that? You know, and all that's really um, interesting to me and, and and fun for me. Just the strategy of it and kind of playing the game according to the rules and learning as you go. And it's this dynamic process and it's just. It's just fun, you know, and I have, you can see up here on my wall here, I've got a little reminder that says business is fun. Don't forget that, <laughs> you know, because, because honestly, you know, it can get overwhelming at times, you know, with, you know, not only all the tasks every day, but, you know, the kind of the, the rise and fall, the success or failure of the entire company, not only, d- depends on you, not only the daily task I get done, but also the long-term goals, um, and it can be a lot of pressure, but I always try to remind myself, this is supposed to be fun. This is fun. I, I don't have to do this. I get to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, and, uh, and I always try to keep that in mind. That's awesome. Is there any, is there any um, styles of art that you love to do? Or? Well, obviously, you know, the Marvel, you know, DC, all the old school art, you know, heavy, heavy blacks and, you know, bold colors and no gradients. Like, I really like those those art styles. There's an artist here in town who I love. His name is Jake Beeson, and he's very, very talented. He's done a lot of murals downtown, but he uh, he has this line of, he's this little aesthetic that I really like in his art of these, um, the old school art style of these comic book characters, and then he'll add his own flair, like he'll do them holding ice cream cones and beers, and it's just, it's just a lot of fun, you know, and he's, he uh, he's he's very very talented, and so I've got some of his personal um, works here in the house that I that I got him. So so that kind of stuff I, I really love. Um, if you haven't heard of him, check him out. He's great. He's on Instagram. Um, but uh, but yeah, that stuff. And then I also like watercolor. I just like the mm. very elegant, very soft. Um, I like how I really like with watercolor how you can. In my opinion, more so than other mediums, really uh, connect emotionally quicker. Like there's something about seeing something. Maybe it's because the color is so inconsistent that it almost speaks to the fragility of things. Or you know, I don't know. It just I don't know what it is. It's just when I see something in watercolor, it just seems so human. Yeah. And and I just it just I just think it's great. I really really like it. So um, yeah. So probably watercolor, and then I like the old those old styles. That's why I did my children's uh, book in in watercolor because of the subject matter that I was telling you about earlier. Yeah, yeah. Is there is there any favorite projects that you've done recently, or just favorite? Well, I mean, speaking of the the children's book, the children's book. Um, I uh, finished a while back, uh, and now I'm going to be releasing it on Kickstarter, hopefully in the next couple of months, so stay tuned, guys. Um, but uh, it's a children's book on, a therapy book, kind of, on uh, helping kids develop an emotional literacy. Um, so it's an, it's an allegory that I wrote um, called Jacob in the Cloak, and it basically, in a nutshell, gives a 
a basic uh, guidepost, an outline, if you will, on how do you move from hiddenness and cycles of shame into um, into healing and into living vulnerably, and ultimately, as we live vulnerably, then we are our truest, boldest selves, you know, and we can live the strongest most vitalized life possible when we risk those levels of vulnerability and so often you know when we go through really hard stuff it doesn't have to be trauma like necessarily something that we would be like oh that's really bad like you know like death in the family or Hmm. abuse or something but I mean like you know we all go through traumas little traumas all the time you know and everything affects us differently you know and um, and learning how to manage that emotional the, the the deposits that trauma makes in a healthy way is key to living a, a kind of a, a wholehearted life in my opinion and so this is a short story um, with a little bear and some woodland animals um, that helps kids and really adults too honestly um, because I wrote it in such a way that um, or at least I hope that it's it's simple enough for a, a kid to understand but also it's written uh, very authentically in that at no, at no point, um, and I made sure to, to do this, uh, is the narrative disingenuine to the true experience of even an adult that has gone through difficult times and is kind of recovering from those things. Um, well. and, so, and so as I've kind of been doing, done readings and Q&A sessions and whatever, like it's a surprising, a startling amount of adults have really been impacted by just the simplicity of the story I mean to tears and you know just it's it's been really really cool to see kind of how it's developed so um so that's something that I'm really passionate about you know I, I do uh, some I do speaking engagements where I'll, I'll talk about you know how do you develop empathy what is empathy um mm-hmm. and particularly as a parent you know I have three kids and as a parent how do you teach your kids that you know how do you how do you model you know, an, an approach to life's problems that is going to really serve them as adults. Yeah. You know, making sure that we as adults and as parents aren't just getting triggered ourselves and we're just responding out of our own areas of hurt, but how are we being proactive to model healthy responses to things so that our kids see? Because, you know, of course, the old adage, you know, more is caught than taught when it comes to parenting. Um, so what what are you letting your kids see, you know? And uh, and I think you have to be healthy yourself yeah. in order to really manage that. Otherwise, whatever's inside is going to come out, you know. And if it's not healthy, then that's what they're going to see. And so helping parents to kind of learn those things and using the story as kind of a jumping point into those conversations is something that I'm I'm really really passionate about too. So uh, the story is called Jacob in the Cloak, and uh, there's a website. The website is. Uh, jacobinthecloak.com uh, there's endorsements and testimonials it's been endorsed as a counseling tool and wow. and so um, I'll be uh, you can actually go to the website and sign up for um, the newsletter which will kind of update you on the, the Kickstarter journey and kind of where we're at with everything if you want to contribute or if someone really believes in the project um, but yeah I just encourage all you guys listening to check it out go to the website you can see um, there's a video on there um, that kind of explains a little more about the book and some images, some stills um, of the art, which is, again, as I said, watercolor. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I, I, I really believe in this project, and I really believe that it has the potential to um, do, some, do some real good, I think. If kids can get this early, I think it could revolutionize their lives, even, in, even as adults. Yeah, that sounds really amazing. It sounds like a cool project. We'll have to do another episode when, when that when that actually officially starts and stuff like that and talk about that more. That'd be great. And dive love to. dive dive deep into that. I'd love to. Now, something that like I thought about, what what when when you were talking, what keeps you going? Like what motivates you for um, like just in the business or the day to day and uh, just something that motivates you to keep going. Well, I know that one thing that doesn't motivate me. And I think that it is the um, death, you know, knell, if you will, of, of an entrepreneur is when you start um, doing it for the money. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which is not to say that I'm like rolling in money. I'm certainly not. <laughs> but um, but I think that you have to remember that you're doing it because you enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're doing it because the money is a fruit of success, right? So if you're doing it, you're doing it well, and it's working, then the money will come. And of course, you need money. Yeah, you know, we have to pay bills, and we have to, you know, buy Funko bobbleheads from Amazon and you know, <laughs> things like that. So, um, but but you want to be doing it because it's fun. And the minute that it stops being fun, um, I think you need to take stock, you know, and figure out where you kind of got misaligned. Um, and so, what keeps me going is trying to stay in the place of realizing, and this is such a privilege that I get to do this. I should be so thankful and so grateful that I get to do something that I enjoy, and uh, and I want to do it to the best of my ability, mm-hmm. and uh, and so um, I just enjoy creating and problem solving and and then and then honestly for our clients like I love. I mean, it sounds so cliche, and it is, I guess, but just, I mean, I really enjoy making people happy and making people smile and, and, and understanding, like, what someone wants and then taking that idea that they haven't full. they're like, I, I kind of, I, I feel like I want this and, and here's kind of what I like and taking all those little things, those elements that are all individual and weaving them together in a tapestry and being like, this is what you wanted, you know, and they just see it and they're like, yes, that's what I wanted. You know, mm-hmm. and that that feeling never gets old. You know, when we do like reveals for our clients on paintings we've done or yeah. for a wedding, like just seeing the that look of like that's what I that's what I wanted. That's perfect. You know, um, that for me just never gets old. So the thing that drives me is keeping it fun, just creating, doing, strategizing, problem solving, strategizing. Is that a word? I think so. Strategy. Strategery. Strategery. <laughs> uh, and just um, and just making our clients happy, you know, doing good work. Simply mm-hmm. put, just doing good work, you know. Um, I, I think that, you know, speaking of, you know, entrepreneurial principles, I think, you know, that the days are gone where you can just do the best service or have the best product and then be the um, industry leader. I think you have to have amazing product already but then you also have to have really good customer service you have to treat your clients really well I mean really well you have to over deliver you have to um, show them that they really do matter because they're getting wise to you know when they know that they're you're just using them for money you know yeah. they're so you know a lot of my clients I, I stay friends with and you know they know that I really care about the finished product and and I try to, you know, give each, each time we have an event, you know, I try to give it a personal touch and even go out myself, um, talk to the client, make sure everything's good. I send thank you notes afterwards. I mean, just all those little things that you might at first blush be like, oh, that's, that's a time expenditure that's not necessary. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting anything back financially from sending a handwritten thank you card to someone. But you are. It's not financial necessarily, but you're certainly getting a return. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And and those are the things that stick out in clients' minds. It's like, man, he really took time, or I I really I, I could tell that um, he valued my business. And I think that you can't really put a price on that as far as the how it goes into the, the longevity of your you know your startup. Yeah. So, so yeah. So those are you know I, I know I kind of meandered about it a little bit, but those are some of the things that. That really keep me going. And coffee. Coffee, yeah. Coffee yeah. always keeps you going. Coffee always <laughs> keeps me going, yes. Coffee and and more coffee and all the coffees. And do you have any coffee right now? And I need some right now. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, what, what, uh, what do you think your art does to impact the community? Or how is it involved in the community of Tulsa? Well... I mean, I, I, I hope that um, as far as the impact, I mean, obviously it's hard for me to sit here and say, you know, the impact is such and such, blah, blah. You know, yeah. Like, who am I? You know, I don't know. <laughs> but but I, I hope that people know that when they think of ColourPop, they think of professionalism and, uh, and quality, truly. I mean, that's honestly, you know, we haven't done a lot of murals, 
you know, around town or so that people would see. I mean, there's a few. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but but our, our goal isn't so much to kind of like be everywhere. It's to be in some places well. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so I just hope that Tulsa knows that, I mean, we really seek to bring the highest level of um, client care, professionalism, and artistic ability in everything that we do, in whatever capacity we do, whether it's a, a nursery mural for a little girl's you know, bedroom or yeah. a painting for somebody's wedding or a, a logo that we've designed you know, from scratch for a, a startup. You know, we, we bring 110% to everything that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I hope that that is um, the scuttlebutt, as it were, on us in the city. <laughs> I hope that that is what is being said, you know, in the, in the dark, in the alleyways and in the highways and byways about, about ColourPop uh, from Tulsa is that, you know, we're professional. And that, that's really what our, our goal really is. Um, but, yeah. Cool. Is there is there anything you would say to like an an aspiring um, artist? Yeah, just watch that Shia LaBeouf video where he just says, "Just do it, <laughs> just do it." Just watch that over and over every day until you feel like you really can do it, and then do it. No, um, <laughs> but kind of yes. Uh, I my advice would be, you probably have a great idea, and even if you don't. Trying your idea will give you valuable life lessons for the next idea, even if it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Um, The worst thing you can do is overthink it and try to get everything lined up perfectly before you move. And this is common advice. I mean, every entrepreneurial, successful entrepreneur, I mean, I'm not, I don't know that I would classify myself yet in that category, but like the big guys, you know, that write all the books, they all say, you know, don't wait, jump in. You, You might fail, but what if you do? You know, Edison failed so many times before he invented the light bulb, you know? so And so many other entrepreneurs and inventors, that same same thing, you know? And he, of course, famously said, I believe this is him, and I could be watching this. Um, but, you know, I didn't I didn't fail such and such amount of times. I just found such and such amount of times it didn't work, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so everything is progress. Everything is moving forward, you know? And uh, and so my my advice would be, you know, and I've, I've used this analogy with a lot of, I, I do some startup consulting as well, and I've said, you know, you've got a song. You've got a song that you've envisioned in your head. You, you know the instruments it needs. You've written the lyrics. You've composed the arrangement. You know, but you don't have enough money to hire all the musicians and book a venue to play it the way that you see it in your head yet. Yeah. Don't let that stop you. Don't put your you know, lyrics and arrangement and music in a drawer and be like, okay, one day when I get all those things, I'll play this at this venue. What you do is you take it out and you make it an acoustic version. You buy a cheap guitar and you sit outside of a coffee shop and you throw that guitar case open and you play through your song in the only way that you can with just the most stripped down, most acoustic version possible. Hmm. And then you see if anybody throws couple of coins in or a buck or two and that's how you know if you have a concept that works and like I, I call it the acoustic startup it's like okay you got an idea now strip your idea down to the most basic way possible and do it and see if anybody would give you any money for it and then that money keep putting back into slowly but surely getting more instruments and more stuff so you can build the way you envision it but don't try to start there you can't you won't yeah um so just get out there and say you know what can you do I always ask myself what can I do in the next five hours that's going to move me closer to my goal. Hmm. Yeah, I, I call it the five-hour rule, you know. <laughs> Seriously, though, it's like, what can you do in the next five hours? Yeah. Can, is it a phone call? Is it an email you can shoot out? Can you write something down? Can you organize an area of your life? What can you do in the next five hours to help, to help facilitate and cultivate an atmosphere in which you can grow in or that your business idea can grow in? whatever it is. So that, that would be uh, my advice to a, an entrepreneur or someone aspiring to start something cool or bring some awesomeness into the world. Yeah. And Tulsa's ready for it. I mean, you and I both know, I mean, this city is so supportive of its artists and of its creatives, um, its entrepreneurial types. You know, we have a lot of resources available, a lot of support. Um, and so now's the time. You know, get out there. We have great co-working spaces like 36 Degrees North and mm-hmm. The Bridge and all these places that you can go and work in and 
meet other entrepreneurs, meet other people who are doing things and just kind of like suck off that, you know, that drive and ambition and, and, and just kind of energize each other, you know, and, um, hmm. and it's great, you know, and, uh, and so I really, uh, I really encourage uh, everyone to go take advantage of those, um, those opportunities that we have in Tulsa because we have a lot. Yeah, it's really cool. What are what are some hard things about being an artist? Oh man. <laughs> well, I mean, I think there's hard things with any industry there you're in, any anything. But as, as far as being an artist, I mean, and I say that to say I don't think being an artist is harder or easier necessarily. But I know that sometimes it can be hard for artists to feel like people value their work because sometimes you know say you may practice a certain medium for years you've gotten really good so good in fact that you can bust out a painting and something in maybe a couple of hours and so but we live in a very utilitarian kind of hourly rate world yeah and so people was like oh that took you how long oh two hours that's what like 60 70 bucks and they're thinking that's good that's like 35 bucks an hour um, but you know, it took you years and years and how hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours to get to that level to where you can do it in two hours and that's not being factored in. And so sometimes I think that it's hard for artists to convey that, you know, or sometimes clients to understand that. Hmm. And I feel like that's changing. Um, I think that Tulsa as a whole, um, the community is, is, um, growing in its, uh, collective respect and appreciation for the creative process, you know, and for what artists bring and for what they, all the practice that goes into stuff. Um, sometimes I think that can be a challenge. And then, of course, obviously, I know several artists struggle with pricing their work. Some don't. Yeah. Some do. So I think that can be an issue, too. And You just really have to value your time and value what you bring. And, hmm. and, uh, and so, yeah, so those are some challenges that I think uh, artists uh, face. Uh, I know for me, uh, one of the biggest challenges is feeling like, I don't know, like a lot of my work, nobody really ever even sees. Like I'll just sketch stuff out or whatever, right? You know, sometimes they can, you know, it's, (laughs) this is something that I've joked with so so many artists before. This is, this is the progression. You do something, you draw it, paint it, whatever. And you're like, man, I love this. And then five minutes later, you're like, well, it's. It's all right, I guess. And then as you look at it, and then 15 <laughs> minutes later, you're like, no, it's actually, no, okay. And then like 15, and then like 30 minutes later, you're like, burn it. <laughs> no one's ever going to see this. This is the worst thing that's ever been created. I'm done with it. I can't even look at it one more second. This does not this deserve to exist in the world. So I think you just have to step back and just let it be what it is. It's done. You made it. Will it be perfect? No, it never will. But it's perfect because you made it, and it is what it is. You know, mm. and so I think that um, that's something important for artists to remember. You know, when they struggle with that stuff, so that can be hard sometimes. But yeah, yeah, that 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 is difficult. Burn it, <laughs> burn, burn it. Set up, put the gasoline on it, and, and it's done. It needs to not exist. I hate it. <laughs> what What made you come up with the name Color Pop, and what made you come up with the logo? Mm. Well, the original uh, name of the company was uh, a very, uh, oh man, it was terrible. It was my last name, obviously. So it, was, it was a very humble name. It was yeah. Taylor Art and Design. Um, and then I realized that that sounds um, very boring and it doesn't really, I don't know, like a name needs to be something that rolls off the tongue that's easily, you know, easily uh, recalled to mind um, something fun to say yeah and uh, and Taylor Art and Design was just boring and I thought you know one day who knows if I sell the company and we become like a fortune 500 company you know then I want to be able to you know sell it and the name not be an issue if someone else wants to you know Um, but so I came up with ColourPop because I just ran through a lot of options and you know of course we had the phrase a pop of color that everybody knows ColourPop was fun to say you know, um, and it's kind of, you know, that... Yeah, that's what I think of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. And so I kind of, um, you know, I did some 
quote unquote market research and I went around and asked my friends and some people who didn't like me you know because I want to get the real opinion you know yeah and I was like what are you thinking you know it tested pretty well and and then the logo our logo is like a little blue chameleon and I thought that's well, great yeah. yeah well I thought you know animals are cute people love you know Geico you know uh, animals are cute little little avatars you know and people like it and so I thought well what is an animal that you know what is the only animal that I can think of that has anything to do with art color paint I don't know you know and the chameleon of course you know changes colors so I thought perfect you know and then uh, we just designed it, played with a couple different options, and we settled on our little chameleon. Simon the Chameleon is his name. Hmm. And so, yeah, we just, you know, tried it out, and it seemed to fit, and there it is. And now and now I have stickers of Simon all over my house. <laughs> yeah, I can see him everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I got one on my little water cooler here. Yeah. But, yeah, so that's how we, you know, I, I think a logo, like I said, a logo needs to convey personality of the company it needs to make it should make sense kind of even if it's a subtle nod or like a subtle connection there needs to be somewhat of a connection um and then uh, and then of course it needs to be memorable and simple um and so uh so anybody designing a logo those are the things that you want to keep in mind and that's why I, I I love love sitting in on the logo brainstorming sessions that we have with the team here at ColourPop because uh, it's just, it's kind of like designing a tattoo, you know, I, I've got mm. a lot of tattoos and, you know, it's kind of that challenge of like, okay, it's like somebody comes into a tattoo shop and they're like, I want a tattoo, a memorial tattoo, like remembering my grandma, like I love my grandma and she, she loved to read and she loved turtles and she died on this date and, you know, and she, you know, her favorite color was purple and so you have all these kind of like little individual uh, non-connected seemingly elements um mm. and it's like how can you weave all those elements together <coughs> in one piece of piece where it doesn't look like you're just stamping just throwing everything together in a hodgepodge so it's just kind of a hot mess of yeah content but it looks like it all not only goes together but all complements each other in a, in a in a way that makes sense as a cohesive image and uh and that's essentially what we um are doing when we're designing a logo it's just a lot of fun it does sound fun. It is. It's great. You are a lover of comics. I am, yes. Um, what makes... I'm a lover <laughs> and a lover of comics. Yeah. I'm a lover, not a fighter, man. <laughs> what makes you love the comic book world, like art? What, what, what's a big thing that makes you love and define, defines what you love about it? Well, I think I love the comic book style art. Um, for the same reason why I like comic books in general. Comic book art, you know, the expressions and the movements and the gestures and the body positions are all larger than life. You know, if you read a comic, you know, when someone's like, if someone's horrified, like, their face contorts into something that a, a real human face could never do. It's, you know, the mouth is wider, it's like the eyes yeah. are bigger than they could. Um, because you want to convey that power of emotion. You know, and uh, and it's kind of archetype, you know, archetypal, and um, and so that's what I, I love about it is I feel like comic book, you know, art and a lot of the stories even, you know, they're very um, they represent the lowest points and highest points. I feel like um, of humanity, you know, what is the truest, highest good, and what is true evil, you know. Um, I think that comic book stories and heroes and villains are kind of like our our modern day you know Odysseus and hmm. you know these 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 big um stories that define you know um just show us what we can be what's inside of us you know that 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 we love to connect with you know Icarus and all these and, and ultimately too, I just like Icarus and, and others, they're they're tales of morality, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, when they deal with things that of course everything is exaggerated, you know, larger than life, but at the at the same time, you're connecting with um, the nuances of of what you're seeing and that are that are really human things at the end of the day. Um, and there's been so many great narratives that 
so many talented writers have written. Um, like for instance, you know, in um, a, a famous graphic novel, Iron Man story, uh, it's called Demon in a Bottle. It's all about Tony Stark's um, struggle with alcoholism. Hmm. You know, and how it starts really affecting his life. Not only his, of course, his Iron Man life, you know, but just every other area, you know. And so, of course, there's fighting and villains and explosions and Iron Man, you know, and all that happening. But at the same time, it's a, it's a struggle that many have gone through in their, in their own life, you know. And even if it's not with alcohol, just any sort of addiction, you know. So then you have some of those happening as well. So, you know, I just, I, I think it's... I, I just I think it's fun. I think it's um, there's so much truth in those pages, um, and and I think we can learn a lot by paying attention to um, to those narratives, reading kind of between the lines, and ultimately looking for ourselves in those pages. You know, hmm. so that's kind of why I, I really enjoy it. And I'm just a nerd, I guess. Too. <laughs> a geek. I just like you know I, I like it. Who doesn't like you know? A teenager swinging around the city. It's like, who didn't want to be Spider-Man as a teenager? Yeah, I want to be Spider-Man. I mean, I still want to be Spider-Man. Yeah. You know, I'm 31 years old, so what does that tell you? <laughs> I don't know what that says about me. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, it's just cool, you know, being able to do something that has import, mm-hmm. you know, to being able to, to make a difference. You know, that's, that's what we want. we want. You know, we all want to make a difference in the world. And ultimately, too, being a superhero is about using what you're given in a way that benefits those around you. That's ultimately what it is. It's selflessness, right? Yeah. So you and I aren't superheroes, right? I mean, that I know of. I don't know that you are one. I'm not telling okay. you if I'm visually okay, you it's, it's a secret. <laughs> but, you know, it's ultimately like, think, think about it. Tink about it. Tink about it. What am I, Sebastian <laughs> from Little Mermaid? Um, Batman, right? Tragedy happened. Okay, learns all the skills. Whatever happens, then he's like, okay, I have this ability. How can I use it to better my community? Same thing with Spider-Man, Daredevil, all these heroes. You know, so ultimately it's about using what you have, the resources, whatever they may be, for the good of those around you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and that's another thing, obviously, that I get behind um, that I love to see in the pages of these stories as well. Yeah, that's really cool. That's awesome, man. I just legitimized my nerd, my nerd. Yeah, yeah, no, you totally did. <laughs> <laughs> it made me feel inspired. Like I, I just want to go you're, out. You're like, tearing up yeah. a little bit right yeah. now. That that soliloquy. Oh, of, oh yeah, <laughs> I gotta go put on my suit. I mean, what? <laughs> what? What are you talking about? <laughs> What's that on your shirt? Uh, yeah. So I, I, you know, so for those reasons, I think it's really, I think it's really powerful. You know, if you think about those things. That is awesome. What? What is? For for you, what is the most anticipated, like two thousand seventeen? Seventeen? We're not yeah. talking about sixteen. Uh, well, we could talk we got, about one, got... one 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 movie from sixteen, and then and then uh, two oh. a movie from two thousand seventeen. That's like most anticipated. Which one of my organs I like? The best. <laughs> I like them all. I want them all. Yeah. Oh man. Well, of course, as we've already mentioned, uh, Doctor Strange is coming out. It's been getting a lot of really good kind of pre. Uh, Buzz, yeah. Uh, of course, Benedict Cumberbatch is fantastic, um, fantastic actor. So I'm looking forward to that. Obviously, I, I love how, um, you know, the challenge with some of these lesser known properties, you know, in the mass public, like Guardians of the Galaxy and uh, Doctor Strange, and not everybody. It's not as well known as like Spider Man. It's like how do you kind of introduce a whole new demographic to this in a way that's not that's that's palatable you know it's not going to be too much and um but also stay consistent and faithful to the source material um and i think they did such a fantastic job in guardians of course i'm like oh i love guardians guardians volume two in the pipeline the new trailer was released not that long ago even i think just a week ago so good um and uh and so i'm really looking forward to to seeing how they're going to handle that with uh doctor strange but it sounds like it's gonna be really good and of course Rogue One, the story of the getting of the Death Star plans where yeah. episode four picks up, you know, Leia is, of course, on the counselor ship. Darth Vader, Darth Vader has doubts about that, though. <laughs> where is the ambassador? Um, but, uh, but, yeah, and so that should be a lot of fun, you know, and I love, too, that, you know, now the Star Wars narratives are 
are in other people's hands. And I'm not going to sit here and hate yeah. on George Lucas. You know, he is. No. He created Star Wars. You know, obviously he has flaws. Everybody, you know, you know, everybody makes, you know, mistakes in their movies and you know, Jar Jar and things like that. But um, <laughs> it is what it is. You know, but it, but it's a part of the narrative, and you know, you got to you got to embrace it. You know, but um, but I love that there's new blood coming in because you see things from a different perspective. Yeah. You know, and, and now we are getting to experience movies like, I mean, of course, Force Awakens, which was fantastic. Then, of course, Rogue One, then all these standalone Star Wars films that are in the pipeline, like the story mm-hmm. of Han Solo, and then perhaps even Boba Fett. And, oh, you know, we've got, we've got, you know, a recast Lando Calrissian and kind of seeing the young, you know, smugglers. You Donald know, Glover. Together. We'll, Donald Glover, we'll, we'll get to see how um, Solo got the Falcon through this gambling game, I'm sure will be in the film. Yeah. Such an iconic scene in Empire. Um, and so, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that. And then next year, 2017, obviously, Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh. That Vulture is, is going to be the main villain, which is, of course, one of the main early Spider-Man villains. You know, Adrian Toomes is this old man who develops a suit. It looks like a Vulture suit that gives him, like, super strength and can fly around. Loves to rob banks and hold jewels in his hand. You know, very, very old school uh, bad guy, you know, vaudeville uh, villain. But, um, but that's going to be fantastic. And Tom Holland is perfection as Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. You know, he's, he's 19, I think. It looks like he's 15. Sounds like he's 14. I mean, it's perfect. You know, I mean, it's like the, you know, the perfect Spider-Man look and tone. Look, of course, he was great in Civil War. So I'm really looking forward to seeing him in his, in his own standalone and then hopping over to DC, you know, I'm looking, uh, you know, I may say something controversial, but I'm looking forward to Batfleck's standalone Batman film. I love Ben Affleck as Batman. Me too. I think he looks the part. I think he, you know, how freaking yoked he is. I think it's, you know, that, that kind of throwback to the Frank Miller aesthetic of just kind of a, a worn down, worldly wise, cynic Batman that's just kind of, you know, He's, 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 he's seen better days, you know, and he's, and now his personality is, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's worse for wear. Um, and I think that's kind of a cool take on, uh, the Cape Crusader. And, uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing what he does with that. And, uh, and so, yeah, so those are some movies that I'm definitely looking forward to. I'm ready for that first trailer yeah. for the, the Batman, as it's called, The Batman. That'll be awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for. Everything. Tell your friends about me. <laughs> Michael Keaton, that, you know, that first scene in Batman 1989. He's like, "Who are you, man?" He's like, "I'm Batman." <laughs> and then he just kind of disappears, and he throws the smoke bomb down. Yeah, the original Batman loved to use the smoke bombs. Old Michael Keaton loved to throw those smoke bombs. Those I don't know if it would be as effective for me to. Can you just imagine being in a conversation and being like, you know, when just running out of there like. I, if I did that, I would be humming. <laughs> As I'm running away, you know? That's awesome. But yeah, those are some those are some good ones in the pipeline that I'll definitely be keeping my eye out for. What about you? Uh, for me, um, I look forward to, of course, Rogue One and um, Strange. Strange looks like a kind of an Inception kind of superhero movie. It's um, going to have a lot of special effects that yeah. are kind of mind-bending. Yeah. Which is his whole character, you know. Which is really cool. I love his suit, though. I mean, I love how they did his costume. Yeah, they changed it up a little bit. They took away his main little kind of inverted T logo. Um, and But they still made it to look very comic booky, very faithful to um, the source material, which is always great. But also really cool looking, you know. Mm-hmm. I, feel like, I have a feeling we're going to see a lot of Doctor Strange's for Halloween. Yeah. I'm That's already seeing a lot at, at comic conventions. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. I I, it. I'm also excited for, um, now this is a little more kiddish, but the Power Rangers movie. Like, oh, I'm you know, so I thought for sure you were going to say My Little Pony. Because aren't, <laughs> aren't you a brownie? Did I hear that right? I'm just kidding. Uh, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. by Power Rangers, do you mean um, the Breakfast Club with superpowers? Yes. <laughs> no, uh, no. I uh, I think that it's gonna be great. I yeah. grew up on Power Rangers. I mean, yeah. Kimberly, the Pink Ranger. Oh man, first crush. Yeah, me too. Uh, but uh, but yeah, man. I was a power. I was a blue Power Ranger two years in a row for Halloween. Really? I loved. I always connect. You know, Billy was my favorite Power Ranger. Donnie, 
Donatello was my favorite Ninja Turtle. I always uh, connected to like the geeky, nerdy ones because they were that was the, the the closest representation to my daily life. Even though I wasn't even really particularly smart, I just didn't have a lot of friends, so yeah. I feel like I connected with those guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, it looks it looks cool. I like how they're going with the whole alien, you know, technology thing. I think it's going to be cool. I'm reserving yeah. judgment. You know, obviously there's some things that you know look a little weird, um, yeah. but. I, I'm not a nitpicker though, dude. Like yeah. I, I just love it. I love it all. Yeah. I love that we're doing it. I'm like, hey, let your freak flag fly. Like, do your thing. <laughs> like, you want to make, you know, Power Rangers about alien stuff and make do your own take. I'm, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. You know, I just love that people are out creating things and doing things and, you know, putting their own perspective on things. It's the same reason why I love doing ColourPop. Yeah. You know, I just love people doing their thing. You do you. I love it. You know. <laughs> so, um, so I'm excited about all the new stuff coming out, you know, even if it's different or somebody's own perspective or their own take on the, you know, the story. I think it's going to be great either way. Yeah, it is going to be awesome. Well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm grateful for having you on. Um, what is, what is one way people, how can people support you? How can people follow you or sure. what are you doing? Well, uh, I'm on Instagram. If you want to follow me, my personal account is that Scott Taylor. Um, on Instagram and then and then my uh, company ColorPop is on Instagram as ColorPop Art uh, or ColorPop underscore Art. I think it's ColorPop Art. Um, but yeah, you can follow us on IG. Obviously, the website ColorPopTulsa.com. You can check us out. Um, but how you can support us really is just you know by supporting the arts in your community. You know by going to the museums and by talking about it on you know, social media, and by just being a, a patron of, um, you know, the groundswell, really, of what I believe is happening in Tulsa, which is just a mass um, development and increase in um, the arts, especially among young people, hmm. you know, so just getting the word out, and and then draw, paint, create, you know, even if you're not an artist in the sense of, like, you draw, whatever it is you like to do, do it. Yeah, you know, bring that out in the world. That's that's I think what we need the most. Um, but uh, but yeah, the, and then uh, and then you can of course if you want to learn more about the book, um, the Jacob and the Cloak book, you can go to our website, which is um, and I'm sure you'll put all this information in the header. People can access it when they listen. Um, but it's jacobandthecloak.com, and again, you can sign up for the email list, stay updated on that, um, and feel free too. I'm in the process, like I said, of building a lot of um, you know building the Kickstarter and kind of getting the word out so if you're listening and you mm-hmm. feel like there's an avenue for um, to support the book as far as like maybe having hosting a Q&A session you know if you're involved with this you know the school district in any way or anything that you feel like could be helpful for kids or adults in any way um, reach out shoot me an email through the website you know um, and I would love to love to chat with you um, about that so that's one way you can definitely support it as, as well cool man well thanks for being on low key and thanks for time having me it yeah. was great man I really enjoyed it man yeah glad to have you on we're out guys whoop whoop want to thank you guys again for listening to the low key podcast if you like us go subscribe to us on iTunes share us with your friends and also Go like us on Facebook and go follow us on Instagram to check out all we're doing. Go check out our website at www.lowkeypodcast.com and see what we're doing. And since Thanksgiving's coming up, we may be writing some bios. Want to thank Scott Taylor for being on the podcast. It was a great and fun podcast to do. If you're a local artist or looking for any local art, you should definitely check out all of his stuff. And if you love comics, try to find him and talk to him about comics. Go check out Pop Pop Art. I almost said Pop Tart. (laughs) But go check out Pop Art and see what they're doing. Go like their Facebook. Go follow them on Instagram. Go check them out. Go check out their website and see what they're doing. And go see what Scott Taylor's doing. Jacob and Cloak's Cloak's going to happen, and I bet there's going to be an episode about that. So, guys, thank you again.
for listening to the Low Key Podcast. So keep it nice, keep it easy, keep it low key. Thanks for listening.